0: What's up, Conjuring fans? Anchor Pete here, and I am with my good friend, Mr. Danny Torkel over there, Dr. Zayas G-O-D. Uh, We are here for our Conjuring universe, our Conjuring universe breakdown, and we've reached our end of uh, our rope, so to speak. It's time for us to do our ranking of all eight Conjuring films. Danny, are you ready for this?
1: I, I am very ready. I I've spent... Uh about, what, two and a half weeks uh, going through this whole franchise. Uh, And interestingly, I watched, I believe it's like five of these movies for the first time. So this was actually kind of fun.
0: The way we're going to break this down, we're going to go in chronological order, but in reverse. So we're going to start from the most modern movie and work our way up to the original Conjuring. And each time, Danny and I are going to say where we placed it on our own personal rankings. Guys, this is a spoiler city for all the Conjuring movies. So if you haven't seen the movies we're talking about, go watch them. They're all on HBO Max right now. Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which came out in 2021. That's our uh, most recent movie. Where does that rank on your list, man?
1: I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good, you know, sub two hour horror movie. But then it was one of those movies that the more I thought about it and the more movies I, I, I saw in the series after that, I, I kind of went back and it kept moving down on my list. Yep. Um, and I think the problem is the first two conjuring films are just so very good. Mm-hmm. And this one is a steep drop-off from those conjuring films. This this movie sadly feels more like a spin-off than a sequel, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. the, the idea that like the Annabelle films, the Nun, those are spin-offs of The Conjuring. Whereas this is The Conjuring Part Three, but it doesn't feel like a continuation. Um, it also was probably 20 minutes too long. You probably could have cut a bunch of stuff. Uh, and and my my biggest issue with this movie was, and again we're we're in spoiler territory, is. The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 what make them so great for me is that the the lead villains at the end are these awesome demons or you have B- uh, Bathsheba the witch from The Conjuring and then you have Valak um who gets this inc- who's really the big bad of like the whole Conjuring universe. Right. Um the villain in this movie lacked for me on the Conjuring Universe scale. So that's right. why it, it, it comes in sort of low uh, on my list. Six out of eight.
0: I have it as number five on my list. Okay. But still pretty close, right? It, it's directed by the guy that directed The Nun, right? And so I think it's
1: the guy who directed Curse of La Llorona, Michael oh. Chavez or, or Chaves. Yeah. My...
0: Yeah. Michael Shaves. No, you're 100% right. Is that director? And, um, You know, obviously he's not James Wan, nothing against him. But like James Wan, I kind of consider a visionary. Um, I'm pretty sure that this series has the legs that it has to stand on because of James Wan.
1: I think for me, my issue with this movie is something that I don't even blame the movie for. I think it's my personal problem was the marketing of this movie. I felt made it seem like we were going to get a lot of courtroom drama. i was expecting a very um i don't know if you ever saw the exorcism of emily rose but i was expecting something like that yeah it was going to be some scary exorcism stuff and then courtroom drama where they're trying to prove that the devil made this kid commit a crime and there's zero courtroom drama at all none and i was like oh okay it's (sighs) they're going in that direction so I don't even blame the movie for that necessarily. Maybe that was just my—I let my my own i i, I, I let myself get uh, pushed in the wrong direction, and and so it didn't—it didn't land as well as I thought it it should have for me.
0: We can kind of move on to our next one then, uh, which there's two that came out in 2019, right? There's the Curse of La Llorona. R- and then there's Annabelle Comes Home.
1: You want to do Annabelle Comes Home? Let's.
0: I want to get on the Annabelle train, man. Let's get going. So instead of Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga and James Wan, I think there's also actually one major uh, component of this franchise, and that is Gary Dauberman. Now, Gary yeah. Dauberman, he wrote Annabelle, uh, the first one. He wrote Annabelle Creation. He wrote Annabelle yeah. Comes Home. And he directed Annabelle Comes Home.
1: He's he's a, a writer, a filmmaker that I think got better as the franchise went along. Yep. Because I, I think that Annabelle was probably, and I, I think we'll agree on this when we get to it, but I think Annabelle was very cash-grabby and uh, probably written on the quick to get some sweet Conjuring money. right um, But I think that as he developed his characters and his specific Annabelle universe mm-hmm. within the Conjuring universe, I think that Gary Dauberman got much better and I genuinely really liked the second and third Annabelle movies.
0: Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. So, you know, if you really liked them, where'd you rank this one?
1: Uh, Comes Home is my favorite. Um, yeah, uh, I have it at number three. Um, it is, um, I think it was, was it Chris? How did Chris describe this movie? Because it, it's it's everything all at once. You know, you get all of these, um, like a choose your own adventure story in the, in the, because you've been hinting at that room in yeah. the Warren household since the very first movie Yeah, and to finally go in there and to do like a museum tour, Oh, night at the museum. That's what he called it. That he is said what he it's called the it. night of the Museum of art. And he's completely right. I want to give him credit for that. Yes, I took yes. myself into remembering that. That was good. But <laughs> that's that's what this was. I mean, you don't just get that one spirit or the one demon or the one ghost. It's a little bit of everything. You don't know where everything's coming from. Uh the ferryman was creepy as hell. Hell yeah. Um, the 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 bride. Was, was scary you had all these other uh like you know annabelle herself and the the demon there lots of good stuff uh and, and i thought that the three kids in the movie were genuinely good characters that i cared about and rooted yep. for yep. and that's such an important thing in in what are essentially and i i used this term before for the first annabelle but Really, when when you're making extended universe movies and connecting them to successful properties, very you use the phrase cash grab a lot. When you're making movies like that, if you can make them good, the key to that is having really good characters that you, you like and root for. That's why Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are so integral to the Conjuring movies because you, you like them so much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really liked uh, Comes Home. I thought it was really fun i thought it's the movie that i'll probably re-watch the most of the annabelle movies just because i feel like there's so many things in that movie that you could spin off to make cash grab sequels <laughs> you're know, like i would totally go see a ferryman movie yes
0: yeah, the, the, right? it's like uh the russian nesting doll of franchises right the yes, exactly. yes <laughs> that's an awesome way to put it there's not a high body count in most of these movies some people die, like we're talking maybe like two or three deaths tops per movie. And uh in this movie, I don't think a, a person dies and Annabelle comes home at all.
1: It's the daughter. It's Judy, right? It's right. it's the Warren's daughter. It's right. her babysitter. It's the babysitter's friend. It's the boyfriend that shows up later. Right. They all live. Bob's I, got yeah, balls. I don't, I don't think anybody dies.
0: Yeah. And-, and- you know, when you watch a horror movie, you're so programmed to think, okay, well, this person is probably gonna die. You know, they're just setting this person up to die or they deserve to die because of their actions. And um, the babysitter's friend, some of the things that she does, she kind, of set, she kind of sets herself up to be the character that would die or die in a horrific way. But she goes through a whole arc. Yeah. You know, she, she wants to speak to her father again. She, she feels guilt over his death. And so she opens up this Pandora's box of occult things. But by the end of the movie, she's able to make peace with her father. You know, it's, it's, I think it's really great. And uh, it's funny because Chris, like you said, compared to night at the museum, I feel like it's kind of like the goosebumps movie too, with Jack black.
1: Oh, I, we, in our house, we, that was one of Charlotte's like gateway movies where I feel like we watched goosebumps and goosebumps too. Yeah. So so many times.
0: Uh, So, so then let me ask you this. Isn't, in Goosebumps 2, isn't the girl in it the girl in Annabelle Comes Home Who's the Babysitter? That the blonde, blonde girl. Right, right. Yeah, right? I think right? so. And that blonde girl is also in Jumanji, the new one, right?
1: Yes. She's uh Jack Black.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's like she's like the MVP of these movies. It's because people know. They know that these characters, these actors, they they are kind of made they, for these kind of roles, you know? Because that actress, I wish I remembered her name, the blonde. Like, she's great in Jumanji. And she's great in yeah, the second musicals. Yeah, she's excellent. I,
1: I enjoyed. And, like, you brought up the do- um, her friend. Like, a lesser film is just, like, I want to see what's in the Warren's room. Ha ha. I'm going to leave the door open so the evil can get out. Ha ha ha. Th- this movie worked to give her a whole separate arc that, yep. you know, kind of hit me for obvious reasons on, uh, and, yeah. and I was like, oh wow, was not expecting to like this character. And she becomes like a, a genuine part of the family at the end. So I was like, yep. I, I will definitely be rewatching comes home. Many times, really enjoyed the movie. The other 2019 movie
0: might not be as high on our lists. Uh, so I'm gonna just say the name of this movie the way that I would say it. I'm probably saying it wrong all the time The Curse of La Llorona. And so that's it, but anyway, that is directed by Michael Chavez or shavs like we said, and uh, it's based on a screenplay by Nikki Daughtry and Tobias Iconis.
1: I have this at the bottom. My issue with this movie was the bride in Annabelle comes home was scarier than the, the the ghost in this movie for me, and when when we've had characters like we just mentioned the ferryman, um, we uh, in The Conjuring Two, the crooked man. These are like side villains to the main demons or witches. Uh, La Llorona herself did nothing to scare me. It all the scares. And and I got to be honest, whereas we just said great characters and comes home, the characters in this movie were so dumb. They were <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Like yeah. they make, it, the only character I enjoyed was like the, the priest. Every time something happens, he just goes, ta-da. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was, he was a good character, but like Linda Cardellini, I'm just like, you're, you're all her and her kids and every they just make so many bad decisions like they don't say what's happening but they're all they're all experiencing what's happening but they never talk about it so they are with this series in
0: general because there's a high body count there is this kind of sense of okay well the spirits are going to terrorize people and there's a lot of sequences of just like kind of terrorizing people they don't necessarily get murdered but they get bothered, then the spirit goes away. They get bothered, and the spirit goes away. And in some of these movies, it works totally fine. It's like, oh, yeah, this makes sense the way that this is happening. In other movies, it seems so repetitive and it just gets on your nerves. And La La Rona and the movie that we're gonna talk about next, I think are like really strong cases for the negative way these movies can go, when it's just like, Oh, here's the thing. It's scaring you. It's gone now. You know, um yeah. w- one thing I will say in defense of La Rona before we cut to the nun is um the opening sequence where you have a little boy in the field in, in Mexico, and then it you know, he goes to find his brother, and his brother's being drowned by his mother. Yeah. That was pretty brutal, and I wasn't expecting that. Uh and so I will give it credit for that.
1: you Coming upon your mom uh, murdering your brother is, is pretty creepy, so yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's one of those movies where you watch the trailer for it and you know everything that's going to happen. You, you could pretty much pace this movie out and go, okay, here's what's going to happen from minutes one to 92. Yep. And you're good.
0: Very well put. I, I almost kind of feel like that is the same for The Nun as well. And I will actually say that The Nun... For me, it was worse in terms of, okay, well, what's it just doing? It's just messing with someone. There's a person in a nun habit standing right over here. Uh-oh, spooky. And then, like, it's just going to leave them alone. It's just, like, too much for me. And it, it kind of feels boring after a while. And so uh, 2018's The Nun, for me, is uh, number six on my list.
1: We're, we're, like, pretty dead. I I had this at number five. Okay. Just, a, just ahead, and the only reason is this movie touches on one of my like favorite little subgenres in horror. It I love. I got really into during the pandemic. I watched a ton of like '60s uh, and early '70s horror movies, uh, especially uh, a lot of the Roger Corman, uh, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Yeah, uh, with Vincent price and then I got into a lot of early jalo films from like Mario Bava done in the 60s sure you give me a castle and I'm a happy person <laughs> I love the I love horror movies that are set in castles uh right. it just it just reeks of horror you know you don't have to do anything castles are naturally creepy and yeah. so the location of the nun made me happy it was yeah. like it the movie, I know like, everything you said. I totally agree with. There's a lot of repetitiveness. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, attempted jump scares. There's a lot of like people you're talking to, but you know they're what? Like, why are you talking to this? It's so obviously uh, a ghost or a spirit <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then the movie would go back to the the abbey, which is basically a castle, and I was just like, this is awesome. Like, oh why are they leaving this place? Just put the movie in here. And I love love that part of it. And the only other thing I'll say about The Nun is Conjuring 2, Valak is a scary character. So I liked Valak as the the lead, you know, villain. And I liked how at the end, it does tie back to The Conjuring. Um, Whereas, you know, Other movies felt a little forced. I like that this one kind of sets up where we meet uh, the the Warrens at the beginning of the first Conjuring film.
0: Because I was sitting here thinking, like, how are they going to transition this? You know, how are they going to segue? I know I'm like the master of the segues on this channel, but how are they (laughs) going to segue to, you know, The Conjuring 2? And then they show this French-Canadian guy. It kind of, I felt kind of embarrassed because I was like, oh, yeah, why didn't I remember that, uh, ed says there's a french canadian guy that was possessed right because in this movie he says like four times he's french canadian like valak (laughs) literally like the villain the the demonic villain is holding him up in the air and she's like you're gonna die frenchman and he's like it's a french
1: canadian (laughs) it's like his running joke
0: yeah yeah and i just I, i never made that connection it's like oh it's that guy that was possessed that was weeping blood in uh the first contract right because they show up in the first contract he's
1: the one he's the one where they're when they're at the the university and they're showing the the film of the exorcism he's the right. one being exorcised yeah right
0: and but that footage is in both movies right isn't in the mm-hmm. first contract yeah 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 and so yeah that that just kind of blows my mind there's that connection um the movie itself is directed by um Corin Hardy I looked him up on IMDb and it looks like he's mainly done music videos besides this and you can, like, 100% tell by watching this. Like, this movie, I think, besides James Wan's contributions to the franchise, this is probably the most uh, visually exciting movie out of all. Yeah. Right? Um, and then just for me, as a guy that's, like, into DD and and, you know, fantasy and all that kind of shit, um, I really like that they, like, literally summon the demon out of the ground. at, at You know, Valak. And uh, <laughs> it, it looked like something out of, like, Diablo, the video game Diablo. Yeah. And they were like no, summoning, totally. right? And, and then they had like knights come in and, and like vanquish or use Jesus' blood to send Yeah, I was going to
1: say, like like it's, um, and I we, we were messaging about this, like one of my favorite movies, horror movies is Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Yeah. And Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, spoilers for a movie that came out in 1995. <laughs> uh, but th- the key that they are, that's like the, the, the crux of the whole movie, like the thing that everybody needs is filled with the blood of Christ. And right. the ending of that movie is very similar to the ending of this movie um, where, you know, how they you know, kill the monster at the end. Um, I also like that it was uh, Taiza Farmiga, uh, Vera Farmiga's younger sister, oh. uh, because that m- makes it totally look yeah. like... Uh, it, that it's like, maybe this is Lorraine when she was younger, or maybe this is Lorraine's older sister. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that they cast, uh, her sister in this movie because they look, they look like mother and daughter. They're yes. like 20 years apart. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I think they're born in like, I think it's like 73 and 93.
0: Whoa. Okay. Yeah.
1: But, um, they look so similar.
0: Yeah, wow. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. So then let's go to 2017 and back on the Annabelle train with Annabelle Creation. Now Danny, I have this ranked pretty high because I actually like it better than Annabelle um, Comes Home. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why is because I felt out of all these movies, just the original Conjuring and this one were the ones that like gave me the creeps afterwards. Like, I was creeped out after watching Annabelle Creation. And I feel like, I might have to this to you and Chris, that, like, the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie are very different. And the movie, yeah. like, kicks into high gear in the second half. So, for me, Annabelle Creation is my number three.
1: It's my number four. I We're, we're like, always one number apart. And, I, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm pretty sure with our last three movies, we have them... I think our number seven is exactly the same. And then our numbers one and two are probably the same movies, but maybe yeah. in reverse order. This is where I love this franchise because Annabelle Creation is a prequel to a spin off. Right, right. Because it's like Annabelle <laughs> is not a sequel, it's a spin off. Right. Uh, and so now this is a prequel to that, which means Comes Home is a sequel to a. Prequel to a spin-off. <laughs> I but I I really liked um I liked that this movie went in different places. Like I didn't know, like, and you think you would know because it's a prequel. So you're like, oh, it's gonna set up with the uh, somebody's in the doll and the doll. <laughs> and you find out that it's the, the demon possessed what was in possessed the daughter and the daughter was in the doll and then the daughter ends up possessing the the new girl yeah. and you're like uh it, yeah i i i really liked how this progressed yes. uh, the only reason i put comes home in front of this one is cuz this movie is in no way boring i don't want to make it seem like it's boring but it takes its time getting yes. to where it needs to go the, this movie has a good setup Yes. But it's a little slow in the setup, which is fine if you have a good if if you're progressing. Right, comes home was just like bang 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 bang. Yep, like right in your face from the beginning, and you're like, oh crap. So <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like this movie might be actually better than comes home, but comes home was just a more fun watch for me. Sure. Uh, th- this is why for me creation and comes home are so good mm. because and, and and this is gonna lead into a little bit about Annabelle, but Annabelle, when it came out, I think the thought was, Oh God, they're making the killer doll movie. Or like, uh, it's the, the, the possessed doll movie, right? These movies built such an in, insane universe for that possessed doll. Yeah. That there's it's, it's almost like Annabelle being there is just kind of superfluous to the yeah. rest of what's going on. Um, I think the demon is Malthus is the demon.
0: Oh, they've actually said its name before? Yeah,
1: like the like the the blackish horror oh, yeah. demon.
0: I, I know yeah. what he looks like, that's for sure. Yeah, he's, they show him in all of them.
1: He's legit scary. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, it does what any great sequel slash prequel is supposed to do, and that is to elevate or at least complement the first movie. If you can elevate the first movie, you're doing an amazing job. If you can just compliment it, you're doing a good job. And I thought that the way that this ended, leading into yes Annabelle, it yes. made me like Annabelle more. And I didn't think right. I was going to like Annabelle. Right,
0: right, 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 right. Very good point. Very good point. And, and I think we could kind of go into Annabelle now because that, that kind of t- there's a point I want to make about that too. So Annabelle, the uh, original Annabelle, came out in two thousand and fourteen, and that's written by Gary dalverman that we've mentioned before, who also wrote Annabelle Creation, and uh, it was directed by John R. Leonetti. And what I was going to say was, I started watching the original Annabelle, and I know that you and Chris had said negative things about it, and so like when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is rough, and it almost felt like a direct-to-DVD movie. And I actually stopped watching it for a while just because I had things come up in my life and I was busy. Um, And then I ended up watching Creation next. Uh, And and then I I went from Creation to Comes Home. And then I came back to um, the original. And the thing is, it's that demon. It's that, that long demon that you said, Malthus or whatever, you know, with the red eyes. He's a very kind of generic looking demon, but they always use him effectively, even in Annabelle. The original yes. Annabelle, they use them effectively. Hundred percent, and it's like what you said. Just to touch on what you said. Oh, it's the scary doll movie, or it's the possessed doll. Like, oh, is the doll going to move around and jump on people? That would be horrible, right? Yeah, just so stupid. But they always do this thing where they kind of move the doll a little bit, and then it's like, well, oh, is it just floating? No, 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 it's a demon behind it, and you know, then you go and you look at the demon. It's in shadow, and then you see his red eyes. And um, Annabelle creation, just to kind of backtrack. I think uses him the most efficiently. There's one part where he kind of like almost like dangles down from the ceiling, like a bat, uh, like almost out of Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Coppola movie. And you see his red eyes. Um, But that seeing him in the original Annabelle made me like the original Annabelle way more. And then also seeing that the girl that gets adopted at the end of uh, creation is the crazy cultist in the, Mm -hmm. in Annabelle maybe like it way more than i thought it would.
1: Re-watching Annabelle now, um i didn't did like I it, I it it was just uh like you said it was a non-movie the first time i saw it i was just like ah i can't believe i'm watching this. Watching it now with all the context and everything else and then watching creation and seeing that ending made me appreciate it more. Now that being said, it's number 7 out of 8 on my list. Me too. But it does have... I, I always argue cults, cults are scary. Right. And so it has the cult aspect to it. Almost the Charles Manson aspect to it. Yes, it does. And uh, the, the demon Malthus who's in the movie, there's that one scene with the elevator in the laundry room and uh, yeah. where, like the, the lights start to go out and yep. that that's a pretty intense scene. Yeah. Um, it does unfortunately have some things that are just questionable to say the least. I know that I, I wanted to bring this up because we we did cover the documentary Horror Noir on the channel. Wow. The idea of the, uh, uh, the black savior figure. Right. And there's just a shameful ending <sighs> in this movie where Ooh. like this who is it? Alfre Woodward? The Alfre Woodward, yeah. She has like no attachment to this movie at all. She's just like a literal, she's like, she owns a bookshop and she's like, she says hi to the lead actress and like forces her way into the movie and then for no reason decides to sacrifice herself for this couple that she doesn't know at the end of the movie. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. It it made no sense. And having watched horror noir and, and having like learned about what a black savior character is in horror movies. It was especially egregious. Yes. Um, so I, I don't think Annabelle is terrible, but it's definitely near the bottom of yes. the Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. That ending, man, that is just, it's just really rough. Cause um, I remember they mentioned that particular trope, that kind of negative trope of the black savior. And I was like, wait a minute, did they say it was an Annabelle? Cause Alfred Woodard's acting a little weird in this movie. And then when she gets on that ledge, I was like, oh, no, this is going to happen. She's going to kill herself
1: for yeah, this, but, this
0: young white couple. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: man. I mean, and they they are like the whitest couple. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, seriously, seriously. Yeah. So that brings us up to the final two. And so I think that we're going to have almost like an aliens, alien kind of ranking thing. And yeah. I think that you and I are on opposite pages on this one, though.
1: Well. In, Al- in the Alien franchise, I think I went with Alien as my number one, just because I like the horror aspects yeah. more than I did like the action sci-fi aspects. But they're they're like this, they're,
0: yeah. right? It's, right.
1: I'll watch Aliens any day, every day. It, it it's just a matter of I have to put one on top. Yeah. Which one did you? Which, which one is uh, number one for you? Conjuring or Conjuring Two?
0: So number one is Conjuring, the original. Okay. And for me, it's not even a like, oh, which one I, I think they're both kind of equal. I actually do like conjuring one a bit more than conjuring two. That being said, I really like the conjuring two a lot. and that's my number two. I think it's really, really good. and um, especially the little girl and it's fantastic the the villains are fantastic. um but the conjuring one, that's what started this all, right? and it's just so. Scary. It just reminds me of movies from the 70s. Uh, because I mean it's set in that time period, but it just kind of reminds me that the kind of movies I was so scared of as a kid, like The Exorcist and Um Poltergeist. You know, poltergeist is not 70s, well,
1: but it's it's funny it, that you brought that up because I, I was I was vocal in my complaint about the conjuring when it came out, that hmm. to me. There was nothing original about it. It was literally half poltergeist, half the exorcist. And I think <laughs> I mentioned this when Charlotte and I did our reaction to this movie. And it it really does feel like that. They bring in the paranormal investigation team, they set up little, you know, uh cameras all over to document it, which is exactly what happens in poltergeist. And then the end of the movie is a full-blown exorcism scene with a demon which wow. is pretty much the exorcist. And this is another movie like we've been saying nobody dies in this movie. It's just it's just building tension uh throughout and yeah, look at what it started. Like it started this eight movie universe full of spin-offs and an occasional cash grab and it's <laughs> they've been very successful.
0: Like the thing I mentioned before, with how it just is like, oh, this goes to sort of terrorizing a person, it's terrorizing a person. They explain it in the first movie. They explain it in the first one. And so you you recognize in each spin-off that this is part of the process. They terrorize people to wear them down so that they can eventually possess them. Yeah. Right. And so in the first movie, I feel like it's done the most effectively, where it really does feel like. It's not just, oh, we're doing jump scares. We're doing this to creep you out. It really does feel like this is the process. This house, there's a a benevolent spirit. Wait, benevolent is wrong, right? Malevolent spirit in this house. And um, it's going to go through this process with you. It feels the most realistic out of all of these movies. And even the sequences where they're sort of videotaping the scene, that feels like found footage. And it feels like it's part of a documentary. Um, it just feels the most realistic and that makes it the scariest for me I also all.
1: love yeah I love the camera work that Juan uses in the both first two movies the way right. he glides through these houses yes. like you're basically in, once you once the story is set you're basically in those houses the whole films and he just uses the camera the way he like glides in and out of rooms he does a lot of steady cam a lot of um, long uncut shots to like show you, you, you like, you become aware of the geography of the house while you're sitting on your couch, which is such a a, a great technique. This is my number two. Right. This is my number two conjuring conjuring two for me is number one. But again, it's, it, it is very much an alien alien situation where it's even more so probably here because alien and aliens are so different. You have Ridley Scott versus James Cameron. You have slow outer space gothic horror versus the most intense sci-fi action movie ever made at that point, probably. Because Terminator 2 hadn't been made yet by James Cameron also. Right. So these are two very different movies. It's like, if you want to watch a a creepy-ass horror movie with a great monster, you watch Alien. If you want to watch a kick-ass action movie, you put on Aliens. Right. This is the same director, the same vision, just True. two different stories involving those same characters. True, And I went with Conjuring 2 as my top choice just because, like I had said, I, I was the, the Conjuring felt a little samey. I felt like, oh, I've seen this before, Poltergeist. I've seen this before with The Exorcist. Conjuring 2 felt really original, uh, and it had the 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 one two punch yeah. it had the one two <laughs> punch of valak and the crooked man uh-huh. whatever it was to have both of them in the same movie yeah was just oh man and the old man himself who is like being possessed is scary to begin with like the right. idea of this old man who won't leave his house it that that was creepy I don't understand why they never threw the chair away. That was the only thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: A guy died in that chair. Throw it the fuck out. Yeah, yeah.
0: seriously. I just, I am really glad that I went down this rabbit hole with you and watched all these because uh, I I probably wasn't ever going to watch the whole franchise. And I'm really glad that I did.
1: And the thing is, like, we've, we've talked about this with other franchises. There are movies in other franchises that are just, like, nightmares to get through. Yeah, and and that includes the big ones like the Mm -hmm. Halloween's, the Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street. There's like, oh man, do do I have to watch Jason Takes Manhattan again? Do (laughs) do I have to watch Halloween 5 again? Um, Yeah, here, like for me, the worst movie here, The Curse of La Llorona, isn't even that bad. It's 90 quick minutes. I, I could, I could watch it again right now and. I, I wouldn't feel like it had it drained any more of my life away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't drown you in the tub, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as always, Andy, it's been a pleasure. We thank you guys for being with us for The Conjuring Juniverse and sticking with us all summer long on The LasterCast.